All right, guys, welcome to the Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for the fearless Dave Dubow. And if you've ever wondered what it's like to really get your hands on multiple types of real estate in your home market, but also strategically wholesaling in other states today, my guest, Jimmy Hawkins, hailing from Indiana, is here to share his expertise. Not only does he excel in his local market, but he's also making waves wholesaling properties out of state. As we uncover the secrets behind Jimmy's successful balancing act in real estate, we're going to definitely have to stay tuned. Jimmy, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah. So one one of the questions I have is, you know, flipping homes in Indiana and wholesaling out of state sounds like a unique strategy. What led you to exploring opportunities outside your local market? I uh, just realizing the opportunities that are in other areas, especially like the Florida market, which everybody knows mm -hmm. um, is really hot right now, along with uh, the Phoenix area in Arizona. Yeah. Um, so targeting uh, high volume areas, uh, locations where um, there's a lot of migration, you know, people moving from California into Arizona and then people from New England states moving down to Florida. So I'm, targeting those areas down there where there's a lot of uh, demographic demographic growth. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage the intricacies of the real estate transactions, um, you know, out of state? You teamwork, know, you have teamwork, to have people teamwork. on the ground. <laughs> Lots of teamwork, boots on the ground in other areas, knowing uh, the individuals that work the area a lot, um, that move a lot of properties, um, having a really good, um, dispo and acquisition guys in those areas and just having a real close relationship uh, with your teams in those areas. So you're building out systems, but at the beginning, how did you uh, put that team together? Because that's one thing that holds a lot of people back from exploring out of market real estate is uh, I'm not there. I'm not sure what's actually happening. Is this wholesaler actually going to pay me? Like there's a lot of like intricacies in the uh, arm's length of that business. So how did you manage that at the beginning? Uh, well, in the beginning, sure, you're going to pick up a lot of people that um, are either, you know, new to the game or some people that just have not uh, refined their process yet. And as with any business, you're going to run into some complications like that. Um, yeah. That's the part of anything that you start, you know, new in. And um, you really got to start vetting these people. You got to start asking questions, but you have to know what questions to ask. It's things like, okay, how long have you been doing this? You know, what is your what are your specialties? You know, are you are you a flip guy? Are you a you know wholesaler? Um, do you have you know your own properties? Are you direct to seller or do you sell other people's properties? That's what you want to get right down to. So you want to start vetting. You want to go through. Um, it's just like I'm a landlord. I use background checks and I use a system to vet my tenants. It's the same way with buyers. You got to vet them as well. You got to ask the tough questions, you know, that, you know, some people may like. Usually the ones that don't like it are the ones that you know, aren't there yet. And that's okay. You know, you go after the ones that are solid, they're confident, they don't get offended. They're there for a deal and they want to make money. That's who you need to go after. Yeah, I like what you said too, because the, the direct to seller wholesalers are important because there's no shortage of, uh, wholesaling wholesalers where they're like just double double like okay it's like a purple monkey dishwasher how many guys between you and the actual person with the contract so mm -hmm. I like what you said that's a great piece of advice to deal with uh, the, the direct to seller wholesalers now 
Can you give us, you know, share some insights on some challenges that you faced employing, um, you know, these these strategies out of market? Like what what was the, some challenges that maybe uh, we can collapse some timeframes for other people? Uh, the challenge is really um, once you're moving into a new market and you're doing it virtually is establishing um, the the trust with with teams to be able to get things done. And um, usually it's word of mouth of other people that are working with these people, how many properties they're moving, you know, you can, you know, do, do a background check on them, you know, for the county to see what, how many properties that are closing, because the challenge is to um, get quality uh, leads as far as, you know, leads for properties, but also leads as far as acquisition and disposition. That's probably the challenge that you have to go through to be able to find those people to find the quality ones. And, um, you know, once you do, once you sift through all of them, um, you lock in the ones that can make you money and you can make, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. You've got to go through quite a few people though, to be able to find the high quality ones. But once you do, it's a whole new game changer. Now let's, let's take a step back for a second talk about your, your home market. What do you like about your core business in Indiana? Our returns are pretty good um, versus some of the other states and some of the other, because Florida is pretty saturated with wholesalers right now. I mean, yeah. which is not a bad thing uh, because, you know, you want you want some competition there because then you know that that market is good. Um, what I like about mine is it's not oversaturated here. We've still got a lot of really good deals and um, there's there's plenty for everybody. It's not, yeah. you know, 10 wholesalers to one deal. Yeah. So like everyone's standing around, there's more wholesalers standing around at the deal than there are buyers, you know, that's, right. that's not where we want to be. So um, as far as your like core real estate, how did you get started uh, doing that? How long have you been in the business? I started um, my company opened it. You know, I'm old school. So I started in 2008. I didn't raise right at the time of the crash. I didn't really start getting rolling until I had two or three properties about that time. Then 2010 is when I really started cranking it and uh, the collapse. So I was buying houses pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. So I was buying, you know, four to five a month. And these are mainly all vinyl village homes. I was picking up dirt cheap, you know, $60,000, $70,000, which now they're 250 grand. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I started out. I bought a bunch of them. I turned them into rentals. Um, I did sell a bunch of them off when the market turned. Kind of wish I would have kept them, but um, that's how that's how I started. And then I started getting in into the flip. Mainly, I was doing at first all the buy and hold. Then I jumped into the flip, and then I started doing wholesale. So just a lot of it's got to do with you know what's currently going on in the market. Which way you pivot. Mm -hmm. So. As far as your portfolio in Indiana, what is that looking like after, I guess that's been, how many years is that? Like 15 years, 13 years, 15 right. years? Right. Yeah. Well, it's, um, portfolio is really good. I didn't, I would have to say that I wasn't one of the ones that just went gangbusters as soon as I started in it. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I would have, but I was a single dad raising three kids and I was enjoying my, my priority was my kids. Mm -hmm. um, so I raised them and on the side, along with my W2, I was buying properties. So, I mean, I was, it wasn't like I wasn't doing anything, but I added 37 properties to the portfolio and, in, in different, all kinds of different LLCs. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So that's what I've done up to this point right now. And I'm really focused on, uh, I would have to say more wholesaling right now, why the houses are so expensive. This is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm more into wholesaling because the prices are so high. Um, you know, and then when it starts to drop back down again, you know, the bubble does pop, everything goes up, must come down. I know there's different opinions on that, but, um, still believe it's going to come down. So that's yeah. what I'm building the cash reserves right now. So when it does, then I'm going to go back in there and we'll start buying a bunch more up. Yeah. I mean, um, people are going to have to renew some of these mortgages and their equity, even at their positions, you know, they're, they're going to have to make decisions about whether they're going to continue being a, a property owner or if it makes more sense to, you know, rent at the end of the day. So um, as far as Indiana, you know, you've, you're set up there, you're, you've got your business rolling, you've got some property, what maybe that you don't like so much about that market? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I really don't like, dislike anything about it. It can be straightforward yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's probably why you're why why you've become so invested in it now. Before the show, you mentioned some uh, you know successful uh, lending that you've been able to um, recently acquire, and you know you mentioned using commercial lending and private and hard money real you know for your real estate endeavors. How does your financing approach differ? Um, you know, when when you're flipping properties versus you know, the capital that comes with, with wholesaling. Cause are you, are you putting any money into these like to, for escrow and things like that? Or are you trying to keep your money out of the wholesaling game? Cause I know that there's sometimes you do have to put a little bit of skin in the game when the deal is good. Well, what I have done up to this point, which was a real popular thing to do, which was called the Burr method. If, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you heard it, but okay. Anyways, yeah. buy, yeah, remodel, refinance, rent out. Mm -hmm. Um, so those were quick terms, no seasoning period, buy the property, fix it up, uh, get the money back plus another, you know, 10 or 20 grand, whatever you want to put in your pocket. Mm -hmm. But those were at a lot lower interest rates than they yeah. are now. Um, so all the ones that I have bought, I did the burr, got all the money back. So I'm still holding the money. Um, right now, since the properties are, you know, a lot higher right now, the, the rates are a lot higher. Um, my main strategy is wholesale right now until thing. Now, I mean, there's still good deals out there. Not mm -hmm. say there isn't. There are, but there just aren't as many. Yeah, it's hard to That's make the numbers work like like it did with the interest rate because the more you pull out of the property, the higher you take that refinance. It's it's just cutting at it's coming at your cash flow. It's like what what do you want today, money or cash flow? And or it's going to be cash flow negative. So you take ten grand out, but you're under you know, and it takes five back over the year. So um as, what what would you say to someone who's you know what would your advice be to a fellow investor looking to expand their reach beyond their local market um what i would say is first things first is jump into the local wherever you want to invest at you know wherever it is somebody might like you know south carolina or you know who knows you know Texas michigan or colorado colorado yeah, yeah wherever it may be um, what I would recommend is, and this is what I've done. I target the Facebook chatter groups mm. in that local area, not so much in the state, mainly in the area, just like, you know, Tampa chatter, Facebook groups, or, you know, St. Pete or Jacksonville. I don't hit all of Florida unless it's just like, you know, 
Florida Wholesale Group, and there is fifty thousand members. Then jump mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I that's what I've done, and what I'd highly, I'd highly recommend, and just network the hell out of those areas. Talk to everybody. You know, sit there and start blasting out messages to people. Find out who are the heavy hitters there in that area because that's who you're going to need. Yeah, there. You know when. When you sign up for those lists or people are like, hey, I, I'm a wholesaler in this market and you put your email in that that Facebook group, suddenly um, you have to create a new email specifically just to collect all of the deals from Florida. Like I've got a Florida, uh, Florida real estate um, bucket at gmail.com because as soon as you put your email out there, um, especially in some of those groups, you just start getting uh, opportunities. Now, whether it's an opportunity or not, I mean, it's, it's a wholesale deal. So you got to do your numbers. You got to, you know, look at that. So when, when you're doing the wholesaling, are you focused primarily on acquiring them or moving them, selling them to buyer lists? Well, there's actually two ways. I mean, there's one really good way of doing it. It's not as profitable, but you can move a ton of properties as micro flipping. Mm-hmm. You're not direct to the seller, um, but you're direct to the end buyer. You're just the middleman moving properties. Some people call it daisy chaining. Daisy chaining is usually when you have, you know, three, four, five people deep. Yeah. This is micro flipping to where it's just like, okay, hey, you know, you're you're direct to the seller. And I'm like, okay, hey, you you did get with me. You're like, I got this property, man. It's a good deal. And I'm like, hey, I got a buyer for you. I got a buyer mm-hmm. for that one. Boom, we do the deal. I'm the middle guy in between you two and which that's a really good spot to be in. There's people that, you know, they make six figures a month on doing this. And I know personally, and they're really, really, really good at it. And then the other way is to be, you know, just a dispo guy, you know, you're only, you know, you've got strong buyers Mm -hmm. or you're a great acquisition, you know, a great acquisition guy and you can find all the properties. So there's really three ways to do, but I would have to say the best, fastest and easiest way to do it is to be that micro flipper and in other areas that you're working virtually. Yeah. See, I I work locally and I'm a huge believer in he who controls the contract wins the deal because so many times you show up, like I'm sure you get that with micro flipping too. You go to the direct to seller and he's like, yeah, somebody else bought it. And no matter what, no matter who buys it, the guy who found it usually gets paid. So how, how often are you um, able to connect? Like what's your percentages as far as for someone who's thinking, oh, I want to start wholesaling out of a state. How many, what's the hours, the dollars per hour when you're actually thinking about your time and how often you actually convert against the number of opportunities that you take to the table? I would say the ones that I get from other direct to seller, um, and of course, Those guys very- acquired it, right? They're the ones yeah. that got the paper and they message you and you put it out to your buyer's list and then they buy through you and you guys, what, split the split the fees or how does it typically work? And what do you have arranged with your guys? It can depend. We can JV where it's a 50-50 split or they might say, well, hey, I don't have a whole lot on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, just throw a fee on top. And oh, yeah. Then- yeah, we do that sometimes here too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like skinny, go, you know, it's skinny, go get a thousand bucks from your guy. Like you're asking me to split a thousand bucks over here. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, How do you differentiate who's a direct to seller? Cause you know, they all 
advertise themselves as direct to seller in a particular way, when you see the emails, you wouldn't really know that they're daisy chaining this thing. How do you find the direct to seller people that you're that you're networking with, or how do you identify them out of the pile of people that are wholesaling in town? Well, I I understand what you're saying, and a lot of people will say I'm direct to the contract, which is misleading, you know, because mm-hmm. they're actually direct to the person that is direct. Um, yeah. so get a lot of that. And what I, a lot of times, because I'm connected with a lot of different people, I'll see that deal come through, you know, from other people. And then I know, okay, there's a direct guy. I don't get offended by that because, you know, they're, maybe they have an exclusive option with that guy and mm-hmm. they're trying to move it for him. And which is cool. It's probably a micro flipper. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't get on there and say, Hey, I've already seen this. Cause I already know. You know, like, all right, somebody else has got, there's no what sense of wasting. even matter, right? What would he, I've already seen this. And yeah, you and the other 16,000 people on the list. That's yeah, why so I don't why, mind seeing it a couple of times. It just means that the guys are doing their jobs. Like, let's move some houses. Yeah, so, some people get bent out of shape and waste their time and saying, oh, hey, man, I've already seen this. What are you doing to send it to me? I'm like, dude, you just wasted two minutes of investing time by saying that. I mean, like, you saw it. Get over it. Go on to the next where you can make money. There's no sense yeah. in dwelling and wasting time on it. So as a as a micro flipper, you must focus a lot of your energy on building your buyers list. Uh, buyer and acquisition guys get um, to know them really really well. The ones that are working the deals, um, because you'll get a good feel for it. But it's like anything else; you've just got to get in there and experience it, and and you learn as you go because you'll you'll get that you know intuitive feeling. Okay, oh, you know what? I've seen how these people operate. I know they're I know they're working their their deals really good. Yeah, I can remember working in Ohio. There was a, a handful of wholesalers that were direct to seller, and then there was a bunch that were you know direct to contract. Let's call them that, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But when I had questions about the deal, I'm like, "How's the basement?" And it would be like Purple Monkey Dishwasher. The direct to contract guy calls the guy, and the guy calls the house owner, mm-hmm. and the owner calls that guy, and then it goes all the way back. So. Um, I, I definitely prefer working with the the actual acquisitions persons. So as far as building your buyers list, um, are you marketing for that? Are you going to networking events? Are you posting for people? Because I know I see a lot of things in the group like, hey, if you're looking for properties, drop your email here, right? That's how I built my Florida list. That's how I built my Atlanta list. But it, it, how are you building your list? Do you have any other strategies that aspire, people aspiring to do half as well as you could start picking up. Privy is actually a good place to pick up buyers because you can look at properties that have been bought and flipped and you uh, go, okay, I see. Yeah. Go get those guys. Those buyers. are cash buyers. Jump on them. And then, you know, like prop stream or bachelors, I consider them both equal. I mean, they do the same thing. They're both really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've done is I've just looked at properties that have sold in the areas I know well, you know, my Indianapolis market. Yeah. And I go, okay, that one's sold. I know that was a fixer. And I go in there and I see who it was. You know, I pull up the list and see who it was that sold it. And then I'm like, all right, you know, that was a, they had their buyer on them. That buyer, and then I go into PropStream. I looked and that buyer's linked to several different properties. I'm like, all right, that's one right there. So what I do is I research, find out who he is, get tracing more, use people search for free, which is mm-hmm. really, really good. Or put their and, name, as my mentor used to say, put their name in Facebook. And see yeah. if they go to their Instagram page, you know, and DM the guy who's buying. You know, some of them are under the radar though, and they they're under an LLC, and now you got to do a little bit of work to like really figure out where the where the phone number is. But that can be tough. 
So you do the work to kind of uncover the power buyers. That's your focus of the who's power buyers buying. Yeah, the ones that I've seen that have done four or five recently, you know, see within the last six months, I'm like, okay, you know what? Those are legit. I don't take, you know, I'll spend two hours to find that one because it's worth it. Yeah, because you can you can waste a lot of time as a, I would call you like a wholesaling a wholesaling buyer agent in the sense that you're representing the buyers and connecting them with the sellers. Um, you can waste a lot of time with people who say they want to buy a property, but maybe have yes, a lot of money. Uh, there's a lot of them out there that claim to be a cash buyer, but you know, it's I'm I, a cash I, buyer when I go get the cash uh, to buy. Now, um, you were mentioning you're looking for more deals in uh, Indiana. You're looking for more opportunities to deploy some of this capital. What are you looking for? Uh, mine, I do purchase price up to 300K to one minimum. I don't really care for the 1920s, the older homes, things mm, like that. Yeah. I will. I just flipped the triplex and made 60 off of it. It was a 1920. I made an exception for that one. So it's, it turned out well. But my main primary is 1960 and newer. And then yeah, that's. You don't want to deal with that old wiring, right? In the 19. No, the knob and tube. No. So. Um... You know, being connected in the wholesaling um, network in Indiana um, probably brings you a good amount of those. Have you, do you do private marketing to acquire your own stuff in your local market? Uh, not really marketing. I mean, once you get in, you know, get involved in it, start getting with the groups and, you know, you're expand your, your Facebook page, you know, basically mm -hmm. branding yourself. Um, you'll have a lot of people that'll start, you know, some of your local friends, you know, they get to know you and they'll start bringing you deals. And here's another thing to do agent outreach, not, yeah. you know, don't get set up on, you know, the gateways, the portals where they put you on a drip yeah. campaign, You call up and, or SMS blast, get a list mm -hmm. of, you I've know, a, that's working really well is just like, yeah. agents are busy, you know, an agent can text you back when they're standing in a listing waiting for this person who's seen mm -hmm. 10 houses and is not buying any of them. They can text you back real quick when they're like humming and hawing about the kitchen again. So the SMS blast I have heard has been really effective lately for people as realtors are, you know, they got the big iPhone and they've definitely got uh, the time to like just hit you back. Oh, I do have something. And then you can yeah. set up that call. You can like really collapse that time frame. So um, I guess you're the buyer in your market then. Buyer and the seller, whenever I get one, if it's not something that I want, or, you know, if I'm looking for the quick nickel, you know, I'll wholesale it. If I want a slow dime, then I'll flip it. But if it's something I want to add to my inventory, my portfolio, I'll just go ahead and hold on to it, which well, here's I, here's a wholesalers in Indiana. They're like looking at your properties on PropStream. Oh, look at this guy. He's got oh now they're gonna add you to the to to your list. So let's make it let's make it really simple. How do people get a hold of you if they want to invest with you? If they want to send you deals? If they just want to have a quick chat or join some of your networking groups? How do they uh, find you? What should they do? Yeah, they can. Uh, you know, and I've got I've got a Google Voice number that I use. If they want to get a hold of me, if they want to shoot me a text, they can shoot me a text. As three one seven six two zero one five four six. Um, if we get past that, and they want some more information. We have a call or some text, text or something like that. Um, I can give them my email. I just don't like put it out there to get, like you said, inundated with a ton of yeah 
email. Let's stick with the let's stick with the phone number. You got Instagram or Facebook or whatever for them. To, I do. Uh, I do have check an out your social. Yeah, I I don't use it a whole lot, but you can find me at uh, Jimmy Hawkins on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, well, I really appreciate uh, the time, and you know, I think that if you're an aspiring wholesaler, this was the episode for you because you really dropped uh, some knowledge for you know even the seasoned guy like me who's who's done who's done a fair bit. Uh, I learned I learned a few things, so I really appreciate your time, Jimmy. No problem. We we all always keep learning all the time. You never everything's changing all the time, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you just got to stay sharp, keep sharpening that axe. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, brother.